Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and technology. I'm Kirk McElhern. And I'm Jeff Carlson. I guess in some way this is a kind of a milestone, right? This is about one year after the pandemic hit. Pandemic? There was a pandemic? <laughs> yeah, you haven't noticed? <laughs> well, I, I remember um, in one of our episodes last year, uh, you and I were talking about how Seattle was the hotspot of this new uh, novel coronavirus. Remember, we used to call it novel. and That's right. And you live in Seattle, for those who don't know. And I know. live in Seattle, and therefore, uh, it, it was very real, and it just started. And, of course, we were all optimistic, and uh, then the last year happened. The last year happened. Here in the UK, we officially went into lockdown on the 23rd of March. So we're recording this on the 9th. We're going to release it about, what, the 18th, 19th or so. So we're almost a year um, from lockdown. And we thought we'd do a kind of, not really summing up, but talking about what we've been doing and what we haven't been doing in photography. Uh, you sent me an email late last night, early this morning, where you were pointing out neither of us have been taking a lot of photos and, you know, what have we been doing in photography? And I don't know about you, but I haven't, I have been doing some interesting things. I haven't been taking a lot of photos, but I have been exploring a couple of things. That's great. I feel like I have it. Although, I mean, obviously we've been publishing this podcast and so we've been talking about it a lot. Um, I would guess that if I look back at my gear of photography, I have been shooting. It just doesn't feel like it. And I think part of that, too, is I haven't gone on any big photo excursions. Yeah, you had planned to do a workshop in Italy uh, last spring. We were going to go to Italy, and everything was all set for Italy. I was taking Italian lessons. And really? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, wanted to at least you know have a little bit of, of a handle on the language. And, um, you know, it, it all just came to a, to a stop. And part of that is, you know, obviously uh, going to Italy. I've never been to Italy. I was looking forward to it. Um, part of this is also professional, too, because I typically go on some sort of a, a workshop or photo excursion, and that gives me a bunch of new images that I then use for my various projects, books and articles and, and things like that to work on. And... Because after a while, just all those pictures of the market in Seattle, you can't use them for everything. They get a little bit redundant after a exactly, while. Exactly, exactly. Or uh, I, I start to lose track. I, I go through my library and I say, oh, this would be a really good example of, you know, X, Y, or Z technique. And then I realize, oh, I used that in a book for Photoshop Elements six years ago. And so there's, there's that aspect of I just don't have a whole lot of new imagery to work with for, for what I do professionally. But I think some of it too is just when I have gone out to shoot, because it's been a long time since I've done it, I, I feel rusty every single time I, I, I pick up the camera and I know the basics, but it's sort of like, like, like having a muscle memory that just hasn't been used for a while. And so I end up making a lot of really bad shots or, you know, things that are really obvious to me, like obvious compositions. And it, it, it's taking me longer to kind of work through that, that photographer's eye, that sense of vision of, okay, this is the obvious shot for this scene. 
and what else can I do? Whereas I think under normal circumstances, if I was shooting more regularly, that would happen faster. But here it's like, I, I got to warm up and then figure out what the scene is. And maybe by then it's too late because I'm with my family, for example. And they are lovely, lovely people, but their patience for me <laughs> standing with a tripod only goes so far, honestly. Yeah. Well, one of the problems here is we've had terrible weather this winter. So, it, you know, the COVID stuff is one thing, but if you can't go far and you can't even go out because the weather's so bad, we're actually due to get a storm uh, sometime tonight with gusts of wind over 50 miles an hour for the next two days. Ah. And we've had this off and on since October, November. So uh, aside from the fact that we can't go anywhere, we even if we just want to go out someplace close, it's crappy weather out. Um, it's warm inside and we can take pictures of cats at least. <laughs> and yet... I I haven't even taken many cat pictures this I, year. I was going to say, I was going to say. I mean, that that also sort of runs into the, the, the issue that I know I've talked about a lot, um, which is that over-familiarity with your surroundings. So I, I was taking a walk with my wife yesterday, and we've been talking about some things that need to be done on our house. We, we have to get a new roof. That's a whole lot of fun. That's a big deal. It is deal. a big deal. Yeah. Um, like, like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's just time. It, it's an old roof. And so she mentioned this feature on our house. There's this, this lattice work that was added to a... I think it's a, 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 a gable that, that's above the door. And it's really ugly. It's been there since we moved in. We're, we've been in this house almost 20 years. And I utterly do not see it because it's, it's just always been there. And that's, that's always my problem when it comes to photography in my neighborhood or around my house is it's the stuff that I see every single day so it no longer registers. And she's looking at me like I'm crazy because she says every time I pull up in the driveway, that's the first thing I see and it makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting is you live in a neighborhood with streets yes. and, and you can walk around. Whereas here, I've got a road out in front of my house that goes out of the village and going the other direction, there's a, a T-junction. Uh, the road goes into the village one way, about a quarter of a mile, and then the village ends. And then the other way, it goes through fields. So I really don't have very far that I can walk. Yet I can go out with my camera and always find something to shoot. Different lighting, different shadows, different trees or whatever's going on in the fields of the farmer at different times of year. I don't find that I wish I had more variety of things to shoot, but I don't find that a problem. I can always get attached to something different, something that I didn't see the other 50 times I walked by mm -hmm. it. And all of a sudden there's a light that's different or I'm in a different mood and I see something and it's interesting. Of course, my photos, particularly in the past year, don't have a very broad variety to them for that reason, because we really can't go anywhere. We're not supposed to go anywhere. I mean, we've gone out a few times to drive around in circles for an hour just for the sake of driving yeah. around. But other than that, we're, we, we could go into town, right, and walk around and worry about the people who don't have masks on that are staying too close. And, you know, it's just, it's stressful. Yeah, yeah. But see, you have that that good eye to be able to go out and find a whole bunch of different things. And, and that's just something that, I, that I've always struggled with, unless I am like really purposeful about it. Or, you know, occasionally 
quote-unquote inspiration will strike when there's particularly good light coming through the window or something like that. But it's that, that sense of, gosh, I need to go make some photos. What am I going to make? Well, I could walk around the neighborhood, but it's going to be the same neighborhood. And, and I think it's, it's as much a, a matter of fatigue with this past year as it is, yeah. you know, that, 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 that sort of mechanical It's weighing structure. on all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I thought was sort of interesting when we were talking about this is, A, it's spring, and so that automatically adds more options. I mean, there are daffodils coming up. Uh, there's just that, that, that sense of springness in the air, right? Um, and, and, you know, I'm going to knock on all sorts of wood for luck here, uh, in the United States, at least having vaccines for the pandemic is really starting to make an appreciable difference. And so I sort of feel like it's okay to think about, all right, what can I do in the near future? Because things are not going to be as restricted now, you know, who knows what's going to happen? They will still be restricted, but not as exactly, much. Exactly, exactly. I got my first shot, um, what, three weeks Excellent. ago. Um, my partner got hers on Sunday. Now, they're doing a 12-week uh, time lapse between the first and ah. the second. So we've got a ways to be fully protected. But even fully protected, we're still going to wear masks. Yeah. yeah. So one of the offshoots of this is I am going to do a workshop later this year. Uh, my friend Mason Marsh and I, that we've done these, um, you know, for several years, uh, of course, Italy got canceled and we're going to do something a little closer to home. We're going to do a, a workshop in California. You don't want to do anything with international no, travel no. for the next year or so, Definitely. I think, just to be Definitely. safe. And so, so we're, we're going to go to uh, an area in California, but we're going to have a, a van full of people. And so... This is going to happen in September, and our idea is that by September, everybody in the van will be vaccinated. And in fact, we, we just made that a requirement. Like, you have to have, be fully vaccinated. You know, and part of it is all the people in our group, they are all retirees, so they're automatically, you know, more at risk. And so everybody's going to be, I, mean, I think most of them are probably already vaccinated. And so, you know, we're, we're confident enough that we can do this. And of course, when we're in towns, we'll still be masked up for the same reason that you mentioned for the people who aren't masking or who knows what. Well, still, the vaccine doesn't protect 100%. Right, right. And so there's that, that sense of, okay, well, maybe we can do this now. I think a lot of people are hoping that that's going to happen professionally, for photographers, yeah. weddings, um, people who do photography trips, all of yeah, that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I know that, that there are people who are, are doing workshops now. I've seen, I mean, there are people that I follow on Instagram and the pictures they post, sometimes they seem like they're being safe. Sometimes they aren't. I, I tend to have a, a, yeah. a fairly high threshold for what I think is safe. It's, you know, like I think yeah. I'm overcautious, but that's justified. <laughs> but I think that that now that we can start to 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 look ahead more rather than feel like we're we're sort of uh bunkered down, it's starting to make me think, okay, like how's this going to change our photography? 
How do we get back into the swing of things? That's a terrible yeah, phrase. Yeah, into the habit, the habit of, of it. Yeah. yeah, but getting back into the habit of photography. Yeah. Well, I haven't been doing a lot, but I have been exploring a couple of things. And uh, on the day we're recording, I posted a couple of photos on Instagram. You mentioned daffodils earlier. Um, my partner's planted 300 varieties of daffodils in the garden, and they're starting to come up. And I plucked one, took it in the house, just wanted to play around with some lighting and take a couple photos. And I asked you before the show, did you notice anything? You know the kind of photos I shoot. And, and you pointed out that one of them is in color. And a, an old friend of mine put a comment, it's in color. You feeling okay? <laughs> hang on, hang on. We but need to give our listeners a moment to, 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 to fully absorb that. <laughs> Kirk has shot well, you know, color. Well, you know that I've, I've long done color photos of, of flowers and, and stuff, particularly macros. But do you notice anything else different in the photos, these two photos? One's in color, one's in black and white. They'll be linked in the show um, notes. I... Do not. I almost wonder if the black and white one uh, is set to to some sort of a a um, like a film simulation or something that like like because the stem is really dark. I almost thought, well, maybe you were shooting it in infrared or something. But my guess is you shot this with some sort of a light or a strobe. No, not, not at it? all. It's all natural okay. light. There's something in common on both photos. And I, I find it interesting that you're not noticing it because if you remember in the past, I've pointed out that I'm an aspect ratio fundamentalist. Yeah. And look at the photos here. They're in a different aspect ratio. I've been exploring a new aspect ratio. Oh, dear heavens. So wait, so these are not square? No, they are square. No, they're obviously not square, but oh, I my see. usual, I'm, I really like the three two aspect ratio. But what I've done here is I've been exploring the 4-5 or 8-10 aspect ratio. Ah, I see. And the reason for this, I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, my snapshot was this um, series of videos on Magnum by photographer Alex Soth. And a lot of his work is done with an old 8x10 view camera. I say old, I mean old-fashioned, right? The kind where you go with the hood over your, yeah. your head um, and, and look through the thing upside down on the glass. And... It started intriguing me that the four or five aspect ratio has something really interesting that it's not quite square. It's not long. Um, I, I find something compelling about this as a way of changing, uh, you know, we'll, we'll link to the episode we did on aspect ratios. And I, I remember Michael Kenna mentioned when we talked to him, when I asked why he uses square photos and he said it's something like it doesn't give people any expectations of, of movement or anything mm. since it's like a symmetrical aspect ratio. And this, compared to the 3-2 aspect ratio, this is a more, it's a very subtle difference, but I find it more, I don't know, it's it's less spread out. It's more compact. It's not quite square, but it's not quite rectangular. And so I've been playing with this with a number of photos, and I find it interesting. Uh, you know, when we talked about aspect ratio, um, I pointed out that I think aspect ratio is a very important element of photography. I, I think most people don't think about it that much. Mm -hmm. It says a lot about the the push and pull of the borders and the image about the relationship. And you could take any photo and crop it to 4, 5, or 8, 10, and it will work with some photos and it won't work with others. I will blame Instagram for its uh, layout that I didn't notice that because obviously I, I should have picked up on that right away. Oh, you have to click the photos to see them full. No, if, you're, if you look on your phone, you'll see them. That's what I was looking, yeah. Yeah. 
that's why I thought maybe it was it was square. No, I've I've long liked square as a concept, but I just don't shoot in square. It's interesting. If I look on on the phone, they look closer to square than if I look on my Mac. Yeah, and yeah, it's not the layout. It's just the fact that you've got the borders around it that makes it look different. The same way that if you take a a photo and you put it in portrait mode, it looks thinner than when it's in landscape mode, even yeah. though it's the same aspect ratio. Yeah. So I've been finding this interesting as a compromise between square and rectangular, and I don't know how important this is, but it's been something I've been playing around with. And in particular, so another idea I have, and I'm gonna talk about my idea, then I'll talk about sort of something else, but I have an idea to do a photo project. I probably mentioned a couple of times we have this little farm shop next door to my house. Yeah. And I thought that when the weather gets warmer, I'm gonna go out and take portraits of people there. I'm going to ask people to have their masks on. So I want to document, you know, COVID. And I'm going to ask everyone to hold up something they've bought in the farm shop. And the rectangular aspect ratio doesn't really work as well. I don't want to shoot in portrait because I just think it's dumb that you have a camera that's this way and you have to turn and twist your head to shoot in portrait mode, right? Mm, Yeah. Um, So I wanted something. I don't want to shoot in square. And I thought that this would be a little bit better to get, um, you know, head and shoulders portraits of people. I, I love that idea, A, because it's it, it's a deliberate project. That's nice. So will these just be the people who are there shopping or people yeah, that you I'll, know I'll, who have gone? Well, some of them I know, but I'll just go out on Saturday and Sunday and yeah. when there are lots of people who come and just ask who wants to get their picture taken. Nice. And I'll go out initially with like either my landlord or one of the, the sons or something so they can, you know explain that I'm not a stalker and that, yeah. that I just live. It's, I mean, it's it's 50 yards from my the back door of my house. So right, right. not even. Um, so I'll just say, you know, I'm an amateur photographer. I wanted to document this. And can I take your picture? And I like the idea of doing it with masks because I want to see what kind of expressions we can capture in portraits with masks. Yeah, because, um, you know, r- right now, it, it's funny when I'm out... Uh, you know, because I live in Seattle, I do go out more, go to the store, not nearly as much as I used to, but, you know, every once in a while. Um, and every once in a while, you'll, you'll like, catch eyes with somebody, and it's impossible to tell if they're smiling at you or... Because, I mean, typically, maybe I'm just overly friendly. You know, someone catches my eye, I will give them a smile. That's just, you know, kind of like that that little interpersonal acknowledgement thing. And so now, you know, did they return the smile? Do they know that I'm smiling? Do I just look Are like I'm staring weird? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, well, we generally say something like hi to people around here. Uh, this is a small town yeah. uh, in the country, so it's not like in the city. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that the idea of doing something like that with real people, because I'm not a, I'm not a portrait photographer, I'm not very comfortable mm-hmm. approaching people. And so that takes me to another thing. Again, this Alex Soth video where he's talking about his photo projects and we don't think about projects. We think about photos. Yeah. We think about a location where we're going to shoot a bunch of photos. We think about going here to, you know, get a photo, but we don't think about projects, whereas him as an artist who's planning books and gallery exhibitions and museum exhibitions, for him, it's all projects and they take a year, they take maybe more and there's a continuity and this is not something that we do. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to have a project with a goal instead of just, you know, I go out, I wander around and I take pictures. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I love this idea. Um, I, I mean, you know, we, we had our, I think it was in August of last year, we had our one photo a day project. Right. And yeah, that, that might've been the most consistent shooting that I did because, you know, oh, good heavens, I got to shoot something. Otherwise, Kirk's going to know that I didn't shoot today. <laughs> right, because we were putting them in our photos library and sharing them daily. Exactly. So we would each see the other's photos each day. Exactly. Sometimes one of us would put two photos for two days. Like you would do it like you would do one at like 11.55 p.m. and you do another one at like 12.10 a.m. <laughs> to cover two days. Occasionally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it gave you that that thread to follow Rather than just, oh, gosh, I haven't made a photo in a while. I need to go out and find something. And I, I love that. And I think even if it's, you know, n not a very uh, ambitious project, like, like, like just to have that framework of a project, um, I mean, is honestly what we probably should have been doing over the past year. And I know there have been a lot of people, a lot of photographers who, you know, did not have... Uh, clients anymore or events or anything like that and did wildly creative things. But I was never so inspired to, you know, go crazy and, and make, uh, you know, all of the, the, the macro shots of dust in my house or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> me saying that tells you exactly why I didn't <laughs> come up with a project like that. I, I think I, I kind of... I floated this idea in my mind in summer, but not everyone was wearing masks in summer. Um, oh. And that yeah, kind yeah. of made it a little bit difficult. And now everyone wears masks, everyone. It's really, you know, everyone who comes here. Um, so any, if I'm just hanging out by the farm shop, anyone who comes either on foot or by car, they're mm -hmm. going to be wearing a mask or they'll put it on when they get here. Yeah. And that's a good time to catch people in that position. Some of them wear two masks, some of them wear masks and face shields. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's interesting. Like when I went to get my vaccine, I double masked. Yeah, yeah. Because you're in a hospital with a bunch of people who might have the the disease. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, the there's the relatively new uh, UK variant that's more transmissible um, here in the US because we love to do everything at, you know, <laughs> 10x the, the, the scope. Of course, we have all the variants, um, you know, from South Africa and Brazil and all that. And so, you know, when I go to the store, I double mask. That's just, yeah. just the, the thing to do. So there's one other thing. I've ordered a new camera, but I don't have it yet, so I don't want to talk about it. Um, oh. I was expecting to have it by now. In fact, we have planned an episode about it, not specifically about the camera, but about something that the camera yeah. is special about the camera. So you um, ordered a, a, a Fuji GF100S. No, no, uh, no. And, it's, and I'm, uh, we don't want to say what it is. 100 megapixel. We don't want to say what it is yet. Oh, okay. It's not like I'm trying to hide anything, but it, it's it's actually... it. Yeah, okay, let's just skip that. Let's just skip um, that, yeah. So not being someone who buys a lot of gear, I was tempted and I was thinking, okay, you know, this will be nice to have. Getting new gear can push you to take more photos, right? You want to use the gear. It gets you outside. Yeah. Maybe you need to get a new lens. Yes. Always need to get a new lens. <laughs> no, but seriously, that, that would get you out um, to, mm -hmm. want, to want to use the lens. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, in fact, uh, I did get a new lens. I got that that Viltrox fifty six uh, millimeter f one point four, 
Um, and in fact, uh, as we record this tomorrow, I'm going to go shoot someone's portrait. I'm going to do some headshots uh, of someone, uh, socially distanced. But but that that'll be the first time that I've done any you know sort of formal client photography, uh, which I I don't do a lot of, but I do occasionally. And uh, no, you're right. I mean, I I got this lens with the expectation that I'd be shooting portraits. And so now I'm, I'm finally going to be doing it. Um, but I think that there's also that, that sense of with, with this person, um, she's not going to be masked because she needs a head and shoulders portrait for her work. And right. So and you can't do that with a mask on because can't do that. Uh, imagine a company doing their about us page with all of the headshots with masks. Oh, they absolutely should. Really? <laughs> they really should. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's one of those rollover things yeah. um but um you know so so of course i'll be i'll be uh, uh physically distanced from her and because this is a 56 millimeter i actually need some distance to actually you know frame somebody so i i, I think that will work just fine so for our listeners i guess most people have been in the same situation of course it depends on where you live if you're in a city you both have more opportunities to shoot, but you're maybe less likely to go outside than if you're in the country and you can drive and do landscapes. Um, I'm curious to, to to find out what listeners have been doing. Anyone who's in our Facebook group, um, it would be interesting if, you know, just drop a few notes. What have you been doing this year? Have you been taking more photos, fewer photos? Did you buy new gear? Did you sell gear? Have you decided to give up on photography? Um, in which case, why are you still listening to this podcast? <laughs> because they like good aspect ratio flower photos. Exactly. exactly. Uh, well, I, and I also want to know, like looking ahead, how how does spring and uh, the, the promise of COVID uh, becoming less of a big deal, um, is that going to change your photography now? Like... I feel like I'm I'm waking up from a dormant photographic phase and hoping that that's going to be more creative and more productive. Uh, you know, does anybody else uh, feel that same way now that we're maybe I'm just in an, in an overly optimistic mood? But yes, Rip I, Van Carlson. <laughs> but waking I, up after twenty years. Waking up after <laughs> after well, well, it's it's. COVID time. So it's actually been 750 years since last it's March. Like, yeah. COVID years are like 87 years per normal year or whatever. Yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, we don't want to get all sort of philosophical about it, but this is changing the world and the way we interact with people and the way we do things. And it's going to have a huge effect. Um, one of our mutual um, friends, posted on Twitter yesterday that he always gets lots of colds and gets the flu in winter. So he's going to keep wearing masks. And I think when you look at the flu numbers around the world that went from like, you know, thousands to maybe dozens in yeah. pretty much every country, I think this is going to change for many years, at least what people who are more sensitive do when we're in that time of year, you know, October through February, March, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I've never really had the flu seriously, but I get lots of colds in winter. Um, I have mild asthma, so I'm likely to keep wearing masks in the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what's nice is that finally, finally, and, and I know this isn't the case in all of the United States, but at least in Seattle especially, 
it's now no longer a big deal to wear a mask. And yeah. so... It, but it took a while to get there. It, it took a long while to get there. Um, and also, I, I wanted to bring up one thing that I thought of earlier when you were talking about your project and, and showing masks. I keep thinking back to um, last year at this time when you suggested that I go out into Seattle and take pictures of the the, the city just basically abandoned. Yeah. And I wasn't comfortable doing that just because of, you know, especially then we didn't know really whether you could just, you know, get it from touching something or, yeah. or, or, or what. And so like, like that was outside my comfort level, but I do regret not taking advantage of that and documenting, you know, what this, what this last year has been like. And, you know, I've, I've done some of it, but I know I'm going to look back in, five, 10, 15 years and think, oh, like, like, why didn't I at least just go out and take some pictures of abandoned Seattle streets? Part of it yeah. is because I know other people did that, yeah. but then you have to go find it. It's not going to be in your own library. So exactly. I, I, I love this project and I can't wait to see uh, the photos from it. Okay, Jeff, time for our snapshots. What have you got? So I'm going to do a video related thing, kind of, uh, I recently bought the Rode Wireless Go remote microphones. And this is for a, a video project that I have on the side. They're great because you have a transmitter that you attach to yourself. It's got a little clip. It's, it's like a tiny little square box. And so it, it doesn't look like a microphone. Um, there's a little, you know, fluffy dead cat thing that you can put on top to muffle the sound. Um, and then you have a receiver that you connect to the camera and you, that plugs into the, the microphone port and it just really works well. Now, what I was doing was basically some, some, uh, instruction and I needed to be far enough away for the camera and I was just shooting myself so that I didn't have anybody helping me out. So my options were either try to get some sort of a shotgun microphone that would pick up all sorts of extra noise or run like like a wired lavalier microphone back to the camera. Well, the thing that I was shooting was outdoors and it just seemed like a terrible, terrible idea. And so a friend of mine pointed me to this, the, these Rode Wireless Go, and it's kind of amazing that they literally just work. They connect right away and the audio Although it, the audio is not as good as, say, what we're working with right here, um, it's absolutely high enough quality to put in any sort of a video. And uh, so Rode just came out with a, a version 2 that seems really impressive. The one that I bought, it was about $200. So I was kind of skeptical at first that, like, do I really need to spend this much money? And within about... 10 minutes of using it, it was absolutely worth the money. Uh, the, the new one is $300, and it comes with two transmitters and a whole bunch of other um, features that, that really make me wish that I had waited <laughs> a couple of months. But do you need two transmitters? I don't. So what if you only need one? You can't buy it with just one, at least the, the second version. That's true. That's true. But it, it has some, some other features that, that look interesting. Um, our friend Gordon Lang, who was uh, in one of our early episodes, um, he just did a video reviewing the, the new 
version, and uh, it, it's really impressive. So um, Rode Wireless Go, if you have to do anything related to audio, uh, it's, it, it's a great portable solution. And for you, what do you have this time, Kirk? Well, I've been mentioning Alex Soth a number of times recently. I really like his work. But what I really like now is that he's got a YouTube channel where he's been doing some really interesting videos. He's got a setup with a camera that points down to a table so he can show photo books. Then he's got like a little mini view of himself in the videos. So oh, yeah. he's, he's showing these books from his, you see the, the library behind him. You know, these Zoom calls where you see people's libraries? He's got like a thousand photo books on the shelves behind him. Yeah. And he's been going over a number of things. He did a, a long uh, video about William Eggleston. He did one about, called Real Time versus Story Time. Um, looking at photo books and how time progresses in photo books, how there's two different ways of doing it. Um, he's done two uh, about pictures and words, about the link between uh, photos and words in photo books. Sorry, three of them, because there's just a new one a couple days ago. And he's doing a lot of this because he can't go anyplace like anyone else. And um, he'd been doing a newsletter, but he's, he's channeling a lot of his energy into these videos. And again, he's got this system that he seems to like where he can zoom the camera in and, and show the photo books, flip the pages, which is really, really interesting. Uh, what, what I really like is that he's showing a lot of different photographers, a lot of different styles, and giving some real insights into, you know, photographers that I don't know and some that I do. Um, so link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. Oh, there's not even a dozen videos yet, but I think he's doing one or two a week right now. He started only a month ago, and this is going to build up pretty quickly. Nice. Well, I also like the idea of a, a YouTube channel that's photography related that isn't just about, hey, here's the latest gear and let me <laughs> move my hands really quickly so that I can get lots of hits and it sounds substantive. Yes. Which is nice. And kudos to him because he wears a baseball hat, but he wears it forward, not backwards, like all the other <laughs> YouTubers do. Oh, that's right. Wow. I got to get a good backward facing or side facing uh, cap if I'm going to be a YouTuber. Yeah. Dang. Well, I don't think I'm going to be a YouTuber. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a couple weeks. That sounds great. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in this episode, at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the M. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash photoactivecast. That's photoactivecast in one word. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review in iTunes or in your podcast app.